Uh, I could be inspired by travels, uh, architecture, a piece of clothing, a song, a feeling. So it comes so many different ways for me. And we're talking about collecting today. I collect all those feelings and I keep those in my head. And I draw on those experiences as I'm evolving through an idea. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to Collector's Gene Radio. I'm your host, Cameron Steiner, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Ryan. This is all about diving into the nuances of collecting and ultimately finding out whether or not our guests have what we like to call the collector's gene. That's right. And as always, please subscribe and leave a review for us. It truly helps. We hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Each city has that local business hero, if you will. For Phoenix, that's Sam Fox. Fresh off selling his company, Fox Restaurant Concepts, to Cheesecake Factory, Sam has created one of those brands that you just know when you're at one of his concepts. Don't ask how, because the food is different at each one. But maybe it's the quality mixed with the service, tied in with the atmosphere. I have no freaking idea. But each spot he opens kills it. He's been around the Valley here for quite some time. I actually even had a run-in with him in high school uh, at one of my first jobs and subsequently later on in college when they awarded Sam with the Entrepreneur of the Year Award for our business school. He's got his finger on a lot of stuff around here, and we were definitely lucky to have him. Yeah, yeah. This this conversation was a little different because Sam came into the conversation confused about what it was that he really collected. That was kind of the point for us. We wanted to talk about the mix of collecting and business. You know, what made Sam want to start another concept after his first one? How about the several other after that? Sam soon came to realize that his collection of restaurants was also a personal collection of experiences for him. And that was a really cool moment for you and I, Cam. I mean, the goal for everyone here is to realize that collecting doesn't have to be something that you can put in your pocket or on your wall or on your wrist. You can collect many things in many different ways. And we got Sam on board with that. You can hear it in his voice when he talks about all his concepts and how he built them. Uh, It's, it's pretty, pretty freaking awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Sam Fox for collectors gene radio. Sam, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us today. This has been uh, long overdue as uh, we're going to be chatting about collecting today, kind of on a different uh, spectrum, if you will. But obviously, this this podcast revolves around collecting and singling out categories that our guests collect in. So it's kind of a unique uh, and fun conversation for us to have with you as, as we're going to be chatting about your collection of restaurants. Great. Look forward to it. And if, if we do get any backlash on that, you do collect plenty of James Beard nominations, so we can delve into that deeper if needed. <laughs> I collect the nominations. I don't usually collect much of the trophies, though, for some reason. <laughs> We're going to change that. <laughs> Susan Lucci, if you know who that is, of the James Beard Awards. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about how you got into the food business? Yeah, you know, I've, my family's been in the uh, restaurant business all my life. So uh, I'm really a third-generation uh, restaurant kid, and my parents had some restaurants while I was growing up uh, in Chicago and then in Tucson. 
nothing like what I have today, more mom and pop places where you really worked and it was a means for a job. And uh, through my childhood, I would uh, spend an enormous amount of time in the restaurants as my parents, both of them were working within the restaurants in the stores. So, um, you know, it was somewhat ingrained on in me early to, uh, to be in the four walls of a restaurant and seeing people and employees and guests coming through the doors. And as I matured a little bit and grew a little, I worked in the kitchen and I worked in the front of the house and I bust and I waited tables. And then, uh, my parents did not want me to go into the restaurant business and insisted that I go to college. So I went to the University of Arizona and studied real estate finance for a minute. And my uh, parents uh, were living with, I was living with them in Tucson and they wound up moving to Florida for some health reasons. And when they moved away, I dropped out of college, raised a little bit of money and opened up my first restaurant against my parents' wishes in uh, 1992 in Tucson, Arizona. And that's basically how I got into the restaurant business. That's good. I'm a little outnumbered here being a sun devil with you two uh, Wildcats, but I, we're, I'm not, I, we're going we're gonna to kind of keep it, we'll keep it fun and uh, light here. But, right. uh, <laughs> but, you know, being a restaurateur obviously has been in your DNA then for a long time, but how would you say like passion plays into it for you? You know, a passion plays into for me is, um, uh, you know, I love what I do and I wake up every single day and uh, as my career's evolved, uh, uh, passionate about, you know, serving people and, and, and providing a great work environment and, you know, having people come in and uh, spend money at one of our restaurants, I take it very, very seriously. And so it's almost like inviting somebody into your house every single day and you don't want to embarrass yourself and you want to overperform and uh, you want to leave satisfied and you want them to come back and spend money with you again. So that passion starts, you know, every single day and it, uh, hopefully the people that work with me feel that passion and that, that thirst to making sure that we do a great job. And then we're a little fanatical about, having a great day and then waking up the next day and trying to repeat ourselves and do it again. And while we celebrate our successes, we don't really try to beat our own drum and, or, and sort of tout our, our success. We are only as successful as the last meal that we served. And so uh, that's where that passion comes from within and uh, just the excitement and, and wanting to take care of people. And like I said, just, understanding people have a lot of choices out there and they choose to come to one of our stores. I take that. I take that very personally. Love that. Awesome. Can you walk us through the major steps that go into starting a restaurant? Well, it can go a lot of different ways. And some people have a good idea. Some people have a good piece of real estate. Uh, some people think they know how to, you know, make a pasta dish. So it, 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 it could start a lot of different ways. And that's no different for me as well. And so I try not to have a formula of how our stores or how a new restaurant gets from where it is to an opening. It's usually a lot of different things. It could be, I can be inspired by another place. Um, I could be inspired by a building. Um, I could be inspired by a type of cuisine, burgers, pizza, Italian food. Uh, I could be inspired by travels, uh, architecture, a piece of clothing, a song, a feeling. 
so it comes so many different ways for me. And we're talking about collecting today. I collect all those feelings and I keep those in my head. And I draw on those experiences as I'm evolving through an idea, a, a restaurant or an existing restaurant, or I see a building I like and maybe it evokes a thought or a feeling that I've had about something else. And it, it, it's, it somewhat speaks to me in wanting to figure out what I want to do in that. I'm really driven by architecture and design. And so that is probably, I would say, the top of a thought that happens in my head. And then I'm driven by food and whether it's an amazing piece of pizza, whether it's a great piece of fish, whether it's uh, a style of eating, healthy eating, whether we did with Flower Child or True Food over the years. And so all of those things are just experiences that I've had and, like I said, collected. And there's no rhyme or reason. I could, I could be driving down the street and it could happen. Or I could be on a real estate tour and it could happen. So not one shape or reason for me. Now, for other people, most people, it has they have an idea. Oh, I have this great idea about a restaurant. And they might not think as deeply about a piece of real estate or how it gets used. Or it might be, hey, I really love Mexican food and I want to open a Mexican restaurant. Or, you know, I worked at this Italian restaurant for three years and I want to go out and do my own thing. And that's what I know. For me, I've been fortunate. I've had so many experiences and been exposed to so many different things that my toolbox, I would say, is has a lot of different tools in it. But for new people, it, it, it's, it, I, I don't like I said, I don't think it's somewhat different. It could be, you know, Susie likes to throw dinner parties, so she wants to open a restaurant. By the way, I don't recommend that, but that's how some of these, <laughs> that's how some of these ideas happen. So yeah. that, it's, it's different every time. For sure. It's funny, like, you know, because you are a creative. Like, you know, I work in television and film, and, like, I'll, a lot of times I'll see something that inspires me in the same way that you're kind of talking about. And it's so funny how that works with everyone who is truly an artist. And what you do is art. I mean, food is uh, as sometimes as complicated as it gets. And speaking on that, what would you say is normally, like, the most difficult step to overcome? The most difficult is to have a vision in your head, have an idea, and being able to translate that to something people can touch, feel, and taste. And getting that right, I think, is really something that takes the longest and the most thought into it. Um, so... Uh, that, 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 that's probably that process. That's, that's the difficult part. And then trying to, where I think some people go wrong is their vision isn't necessarily aligned with how it actually works or how people actually want to use it or how people relate to it or connect to it. So you have to connect to people. And so I think there's always that disconnect as well. It doesn't always line up. Yeah, definitely makes sense. I mean, would you say that the steps then sometimes when you have a concept, for example, like Flower Child, Flower Child comes about as an idea. And are you going from concept to menu first or are you thinking decor first in a situation like that? Or is it usually pretty fluid in terms of the concept menu? Yeah, for Flower Child, that really was thought about, okay, there was a need out there for healthy, fast, casual. 
and we were building true food at the time and I had some true foods and uh, it was an evolution of our thirst for healthy dining and a little bit at a lower price point and a different guest and a frequency. And so in my mind, I was always had the menu in my head. Um, so the menu came first, if that's the question. The menu came first, and then the location was actually somewhat towards the end of the process. The menu, the style, how we wanted to execute the food vision, how people were going to use it, how it was going to get used. And then we sought the real estate after developing it that way and understood that how how people would how we would want people to perceive us and use us. And so that was, like I said, started with the menu first and the real estate was last on that project. Yeah. Quick question in terms of the real estate. I mean, is your goal, do you prefer to try and own your real estate? Do you prefer and try to rent it or is it kind of concept to concept? Yeah, I think everything, every concept's a little bit different. Um, today, I'm in a financial position that I like to own a lot of my real estate. Um, I would also say early on in my career, I couldn't afford to do that. And if you looked at a lot, look at a lot of our real estate, I couldn't afford to buy at Maine and Maine, Scottsdale and Camelback Road or, you know, in Santa Monica on Second Street where Flower Child is. Those, some of those buildings are so expensive. So when appropriate, when it makes sense from a capital allocation, from understanding the real estate and taking the risk on that as well. Uh, being a landlord, there's risk involved in leasing a, to a restaurant tenant. So I played the landlord hat and leasing to myself and I've paid the landlord hat and have leased to other people. So um, no no shape or rhyme or reason on that as well. But I would say that we're small real estate owners of how many restaurants that we have as far as being in our own buildings. I see. Yeah. So you're collecting properties too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I lived on 6th and Broadway for two years, so I definitely have been to Flower Child more times than I'd like to admit, but in a great way. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, and we wind up doing North on that street. Yeah. And True Food originally at Santa Monica Place. And the yeah. The mall. So that was just somewhere we, and you know, I was trying to think, am I a collector? I guess I've collected restaurants on that street and you can see... <laughs> You know, we were at the Biltmore and we've done three restaurants and we're at Scottsdale Quarter and Kierland and Scottsdale and we've had three or four restaurants in that area and the waterfront, we've had three restaurants. So I guess we like to collect our restaurants together as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've been to, I think my first, second date with my girlfriend was at that True Food right in Santa Monica. Is she still your girlfriend? She's, yep, still together. Good, good. Her friends live uh, in the Valley. And so one of the things is always when they come to visit down this way is got to hit flower child or hit true food or go to North for dinner. It's right. like everyone, whether it's someone's birthday or something, it's, it's nice to be on this side of town because everyone wants to come to one of your spots. Yeah. I, th I think the reason his girlfriend's still with him is because of that sweet potato hash at true food. I think that's the, uh, <laughs> it's that's pretty the kicker. It's yeah. Pretty it was that and some sparkling yeah. tea. And then, uh, then yeah. I picked up the check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at what point would you say you can start like stamping out concepts once they've been like developed and proven? You know, uh, it's, that's different as well. I always say the public will decide whether we're successful or not. You can get caught up on a success of one store, 
you know, you think, wow, I have the greatest concept in the world. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. So we're a little cautious because somewhat it's easier for us to have proof of concept in Phoenix for us, as everyone knows our brands and who we are. And most of all, the new, basically everything that we've done new has been in Arizona. And so we've been able to grow it and curate it and sort of evolve to what we think is something ready to be more than one. And uh, I'll say whenever I do a restaurant, I always, I have a big picture mentality, but we're really super focused on one successful restaurant. Some people like to get ahead of themselves and, hey, we're going to open 20 of these and we're going to open 40 of these and 50 of these. And, you know, the goal really is to open up one so you can have two. And so obviously being busy helps. Obviously, the financial statement will dictate as whether it makes sense to keep investing money into that. And so depending on how busy you are, how successful you are from the P&L statement, the profit and loss statement, whether it makes sense. And then do you have something that is different? Do you have something why people are going to choose you over somebody else? And sometimes it takes one. Sometimes it takes two. Sometimes it takes five. Sometimes you build five and they're successful and store six isn't successful. And then you question yourself. It's all different on every different brand that we've grown. And so once again, it happens a little more organically than, you know, saying, are we successful? And, you know, we have 20 unit brands that still, hey, you know, there's still, there's still things that need to be worked out in some of those brands. So I think you're always evolving, always trying to make it better. I was trying to figure it out. I'm always tinkering. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's certain metrics that I would say people that buy or look at things from a financial aspect, you know, what's your four wall cash flow? What's your return on cash? What's your top line revenue? What's, uh, you know, what's your, your percentage of your rent to your sales? So there's a lot of metrics that are financial metrics that dictate a lot of whether you should grow or not. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And ultimately, I would say probably the goal in your industry, which is one of the most cutthroat industries, uh, is to be successful with multiple locations. Um, but what would you say drives someone like yourself to have all these different brands under one house? Because nailing one restaurant really is kind of hard enough. Yeah, I would say, by the way, I, I wouldn't agree with that statement that you just said. A lot of people are happy. You know, look at somebody who's been as successful as uh, Chris Bianco, Pizzeria Bianco. You know, for years, he's had one, he had one restaurant for a long time. And he, you know, he's evolved and had a couple places over the years and has more than one today. But some people have a really, you know, artist approach and they only want to do one, never duplicate it. And that was really a mentality, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I would say a lot of chefs and a lot of business owners today realize how hard this business is. And if they have something successful, it's probably a little bit easier to try and duplicate it than try and do another brand. Well, we've had successes that, you know, I've had a little bit of uh, ADD and I like doing so many different things. And early on, it was really driven by the need to have a different restaurant in a building that was really close to one of our existing early on restaurants. And so uh, it was more of, hey, do you want to expand your restaurant? And uh, we had a very successful restaurant. It was one of the Norse early on and said, I don't really want to expand it, but I love the piece of real estate. Why don't we do something new or different in there? And so that's really how we got to into these all these different 
concepts that we've created is it was here we are in Phoenix and we can't open five Norths right next to each other. And so it was driven by the need of wanting to do more stuff and not being able to duplicate the stuff that we had. And then as we started to build some brands and having two or three different brands, then it sort of made sense. Well, let's see if we can go do this in another city. And when we go around the country and we look at real estate and we look at where we want to be, we don't say, hey, let's take North to Austin, Texas. We say, let's go to Austin, Texas and look at a lot of real estate and look at a lot of places and look at neighborhoods and look at communities and what what is missing? What needs to be there? What will be successful? Will it be North? Will it be Blanco? Will it be culinary dropout? And having that sort of wide-eyed approach to how we do our real estate and how we grow, um, I think has been one of our reasons we're successful. It's not like, hey, let's, we need to open 50 Norse and we need to open five a year. And so we have to go here, 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 and here. Oh, there might be a, four other Italian concepts. So we're still going to compete with those people. And so um, it might not be as successful. And once again, having the big toolbox of having all these different ideas and these different brands has really allowed us to grow in a more of a unique way than I would say a lot of other people. Yeah, that, I mean, it's like tried and true. I mean, you 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 put in, you put in a like I wouldn't even call it gambles, but the methods were proven of what you were doing was working. So then that was like allowing you know for the opportunity for expansion. I, I I admire that. Do you find yourself like visiting your restaurants often? All the time, yeah. You know, here in Phoenix, I office above the Henry, and so I'm here all day, and I'm probably at this restaurant six or seven days a week, and that was. That was very important for us as we built our company that we've always had an office really close to the restaurants or we were above at the waterfront. We were above sauce when we had sauce there. And then we did olive and ivy and culinary dropout. And as we grew that office, it was important when we built this office here that we had a, a restaurant. And so I'm sitting at my desk right now and I can look out and the parking lot's full and I see people coming in and out of the Henry right now. And stay connected to the guests. I say connected to the employees. Um, but besides that, as I travel the country, I, I'm always visiting our restaurants. I'm always eating in our restaurants. You know, it is work. You know, sometimes my family will be like, hey, let's go to Blanco tonight for dinner. And I'll say, well, I, I really don't want to go to Blanco. I want to <laughs> work. And they're like, what do you mean? It's, and, I, and I said, well, you know, it's always work. When I walk through the door, it is somewhat work. And so I always have to remind my family of that. But I love visiting the restaurants. You know, I used to visit restaurants and now I try and visit people, people that are working there, the people that are eating there. And so I think that's more important than, you know, visiting the restaurants and spending time with the teams and the guests. And, and I, I've tried to teach my team to have that approach. And so uh, I think we're pretty successful with that as visiting with our people. Yeah, un understandable and uh, definitely a good approach for sure. Would you say that you've gotten pretty lucky with the locations that you've gotten for your offices, for your, for all the restaurants. I mean, they're all in extremely prime real estate and very accessible areas in good areas. You know, there's a lot of good restaurants that are maybe not in great areas. And I feel like they, a lot of times don't last for that reason alone. Would you say that you've gotten kind of lucky in that sense? Well, what's the old saying, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And so, you know, we've worked really hard with a lot of people with a lot of relationships. And those are years and years of relationships, being able to 
find that kind of real estate that we, we crave. And then not only being able to get those pieces of real estate, but then being able to perform. And landlords like tenants who perform. Landlords like tenants who uh, say what they're going to do. Uh, we're going to build a beautiful, great restaurant. We're going to invest a lot of money and we're going to be very busy and we're going to pay you a lot of rent. And so when that works, you seem to get a lot of calls from a lot of landlords. And so the, the success of the early on of the restaurants propelled us to having great real estate. And then the relationships that we collected over the years with a lot of people and making deals with people, not necessarily even big companies, we still made deals with people that we liked, that we had relationships with, that we spent time with, that we had great debates over, and we had great, honest, sometimes hard conversations. But then at the end that we always performed um, and that we had mutual respect for each other. And so we looked at it as partnerships that we needed to curate and relationships. And by doing all that over the years, uh, I feel like we've done a really great job of having the real estate that we've been able to collect. I think something that we we have to chat about is a uh, recent milestone for you. And so you, you folks were recently acquired by Cheesecake Factory. Correct. What does that mean for the expansion of the collection of brands and, and potentially new brands? Yeah, it means a lot of positive things. Um, uh, the acquisition happened in October of 19, and they were investors in some of our brands for several years beforehand. It was They were investors in North and with Flower Child. And, um, as we developed that relationship uh, over a period of time, we realized how aligned we were and how we do business and how we had cultures within the organizations and talked about a bigger relationship. And that led to the sale of Fox Restaurant Concepts to the Cheesecake Factory. And I would say that it's been very successful. They've been great partners. They are amazing business people, amazing restaurateurs, and more importantly, they're great people. What that's allowed us to do is continue to look for expansion. Obviously, we're still in a little bit of a pandemic and uh, there's been a little bit of pause for a minute, but our goal is to continue to grow, grow around the country, take our existing brands that we have, whether it's North or Flower Child or the Henry or Culinary Dropout or Blanco or any one of those existing brands and continue to grow those. And, and, and that's what we're in the process of doing. We're well capitalized because of our relationship with the Cheesecake Factory and have a lot of resources that will help us get to markets maybe a little bit sooner. And uh, we'll continue to do that. And as far as new ideas and new concepts that will be born, we've worked through some of those. We've done a digital only flower child. Uh, we came up with a, a takeout only pizza restaurant called Flyby that we've been excited about. And I think honestly, those are the best chicken fingers I think I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, those amazing chicken fingers. So I think you'll see a couple standalone flybys. Those chicken fingers will get woven into the next time we build a dough bird, which will be in Nashville. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we learn from all of our restaurants. All of our ideas are all shared within all of our brands. And so we'll continue to grow the brands we have to answer the question and we'll continue to innovate and do some new stuff along the way when and if it makes sense. Love it. Stoked for more. I got to ask, where in town do you like to eat if you're not going to one of your own spots? 
there's there's so many places you know i've I, you know we've spent 25 years here in phoenix and yeah. there's a lot of great restaurants you know, i mentioned pizzeria bianco uh oh, yeah. carbell does oh you know i was really sad to see don and charlie's go it's oh, was man. little chicago steakhouse that i loved for so many years um there was this little uh, Mexican restaurant on Seventh Avenue that that's closed up now, and so we love little mom and pop places. Obviously, we love some of the big steakhouses, Steak Forty Four. Uh, the team over there does a great job as well. But you know, we enjoy going out to eat. We enjoy going to other people's places. We enjoy seeing a lot of other successful restaurant tours. It's good for our community. Um, it's good for that, and so you know, we love a little sandwich shop. Uh, you know, down in uh, Old Town, it's called Super Chunk. Oh, it's great. Yeah, you know, so there's there's all these cool little spots that we we always enjoy. Yeah. On the other end of that, do you think that you could rank uh, your favorite brands of your own? Huh. I don't know if I could rank it. Um, <laughs> you know, I get asked that question a lot. What's your favorite restaurant? And um, I go through stages of ones I like more than others. I get go through stages where I use some more than others. Obviously, I'm in the Henry all the time. So I would say that I use the Henry a lot. Um, I use Flower Child probably the most on a consistent basis from a, uh, I can eat there a lot. I can feel healthy about eating there a lot. You know, we're evolving Blanco. and We've worked on this chimichanga for a month and probably went to Blanco, you know, six days in a row and ate chimichangas. And so... <laughs> Uh, you could know, be worse. Yeah, yeah, right. And so that that could be that. Or working on, I can't tell you how many times we ate those chicken fingers that fly by, or worked on the pizza, or all of that. So it all just depends. But I guess if I just had to pick one, and could only pick one, it'd probably be Flower Child. Yeah, love it. It's uh, such a great, great concept, and and uh, it it really never fails for sure. Wow, oh, thank you. Thanks. What can we expect from you and the brand in the near future? You know, right now we're uh, coming out of COVID, ramping up our restaurants, hiring people, remembering why people are coming to spend money in our restaurants. So we're really focused on taking care. We've been, you know, so focused on to go and take out. And so today we're really trying to focus on the four wall and executing at a really high level of service. Um, So that's today. And the future looks like we're going to continue to grow some of our brands around the country. We'll start to expand some of our brands and markets that we're already at. We're looking for new markets to grow some uh, some of our, our brands that maybe we're not in today. So I think you'll see growth. Um, I see. I think you'll see development. You'll see evolution of some of the brands that we have. We're always tinkering, trying to make things better. I think you'll see flyby in the next year, have one or two standalone locations. And uh, I think you'll see Culinary Dropout grow. I think you'll see the Henry grow. I think you'll see Blanco grow, Flower Child grow, North grow. And then trying to manage all that growth is, uh, is, is a tall task. So that's really what we're looking for for the future and just trying to get better at everything that we do every single day. Love it. Awesome. All right, Sam, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the Collector's Gene Rundown. Sound good? Sure. All right. What's the one that got away? The uh, the one idea or concept that you missed or that didn't come to fruition? Yeah, we opened a steakhouse called Modern Steak at Scottsdale Fashion Square. And I think a little bit of the timing, it was 2008, 2009. I think a little bit of the timing was wrong on that. Somewhat the concept was a little bit wrong. The location was definitely wrong. 
and maybe just the whole idea was wrong. So that was a big expensive mistake at the time. And um, that is definitely, I'd like to have a do over on that. Food was darn good though. I know. I love that place. (laughs) I thought so too. So thank you. What about, so the on deck circle, like what concept are you looking forward to next? You know, like I said, we're, we're going to evolve flyby. And then I think you'll see when we do, we build the next dough bird, we're going to take, uh, it says rotisserie chicken, says pizza and rotisserie chicken. We're just going to take off that word rotisserie and we're going to expand into that chicken finger and chicken wing business plus the oh, rotisserie yeah. chicken and do a great chicken sandwich. And then we're going to expand the pizza category instead of having just the traditional pizza, we're going to add that Detroit style pizza as well. So the categories will grow within that brand and, um, I think you'll see a big to-go component, even more so that's already built in that brand. And we understand how to build the kitchen a little bit better. We'll, we'll be able to execute the, the throughput on that. And so I think we're really excited about what's next for Doberg. What's the unobtainable? What The one market that you'd love to break into that maybe just has too many barriers at the moment? You know, I've always wanted to open a restaurant in New York. In fact, we had a sign lease at one time for True Food and in the middle of trying to figure out we signed the lease and we had an idea of what it was going to cost and it came back double. And uh, so we, we wound up actually getting out of the lease, which was not cheap either. And so, I mean, I've always would have loved to open a restaurant in New York. I just don't see it, especially in the environment we're in today. And so maybe one day, but not, not now. What about um, the page one rewrite? If you could take one restaurant that isn't yours, part of your collection and turn into a Sam Fox spot, what would it be and why? One that is not mine and turn it into mine. Well, I mean, I would only want to take something that's successful and own it only because it's great. Right. And so there's yeah. restaurants. And so, um, you know, obviously the Hillstone team does an amazing job. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants is Nobu Malibu. Um, oh, I think, yeah. I think that's my favorite restaurant on the West coast. And just from the ambiance and the food and just sitting there on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, drinking a great bottle of wine or having some of their great cocktails. And uh, I would love to have that, have my name on that restaurant right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> us, Me too. too. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. What about the goat? Who, who do you look up to in, in the restaurant world? You know, I have so many people that, uh, that I, that I respect tremendously within this business. I would say it summarize it is that anyone can make, money and open up a business and be successful, whether it's one or a hundred, I have a lot of respect for in this business. Awesome. Good answer. Yeah, really good. So the chase of the sale, was it like more fun negotiating the deal to sell FRC or seeing it come to fruition? I mean, well, it's always fun getting the check. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was, you know, I'm fascinated by business and, um, uh, you know, th- I'm, I'm intrigued and I try and learn on everything that I do. So it was an amazing learning experience going through the process, dealing with the team over there at Cheesecake who were wonderful. Uh, you know, we have attorneys and bankers. And um, so that that process got my creative juices flowing in a in a business way. And so that was fun and exciting to be able to come up with the uh, idea of where we're at and then get it to the finish line. And then, like I said, the, the reward for all that fun work is getting a great big check. Uh, it was really exciting. And uh, so the whole process was amazing. Yeah, that uh, probably took some finessing for sure. Yeah, but having the relationship, having them being our partners in a couple of our brands for the extended period of time that they were really made things um, 
it, we, you know, we were, we all had the same goal in mind. So that was awesome. Love it. All right. Let's finish up with the most important one. Do you feel that you were born with the collector's gene? You know, when, when, when I saw that question, I, I, I was like, well, what do I collect? And it, it, the reality is, as I, uh, had this conversation with you, you know, I guess maybe I am. And, and, and really for me, my collection is really memories and, and creating memories for people within our, our restaurants. And so, uh, I guess I do. Yeah. As we even talk, it's so funny. Like I was kind of thinking in a similar way when you're naming all your spots, I was coming back to all these different times and experiences I've had at them. And I think that just goes to further say how great of a job you've done with, uh, what you've grown and, uh, hats off to you for that, man. I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Sam, congrats on all your success and everything. And uh, we we love everything that you're doing over at FRC and we'll continue to uh, enjoy the ride with you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, that does it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Collector's Gene Radio, signing off.